Welcome to Gadgets for Families, the podcast for the person that everyone asks, hey, my son is going to college soon. What laptop should I buy? And anyone else trying to get more out of their lives through tech. I'm your host, Jay Benjamin. And I'm your host, Greg Cunningham. Thanks for joining us for episode seven. And Jason, there's actually a nuance to that question now, isn't there? It isn't just a slam dunk. There's two options. What, what, what two options do you have? Well, you can get the MacBook Air 13-inch. Yep. Or you get the MacBook Air 15-inch now. And, and right? I think that's I mean, the best option. Yeah, I mean, a couple hundred bucks difference at the most once you spec them appropriately. Don't buy the entry level if you don't have to. But, you know, you got to spec them appropriately. But, you know, if you've got a, somebody going to college and this is going to be their only screen, go yeah. big. Yep, it, it, it may be worth it. If they're going to be using it for everything, entertainment, education, you know, recreation, yep, go big or go home. Don't go home. Stay yep. in college, kids. Yes, please. <laughs> All right. Well, we realized that WWDC was over three weeks ago, and there's a ton of videos, tweets, Instagram posts, uh, um, you know, YouTube videos going over all of the features and stuff like that. Well, so we're going to do a little something different today. We're still going to cover those features. Uh, today, we're going to talk about Mac OS and TVOS, which were uh, two of Apple's operating systems that we left out. And then uh, later on in the deep dive, we're going to talk about some of the changes because it's been so long that they've uh, released beta two for most of these operating systems. So, um, so we'll talk about that. Also, some news, some tips, and and as usual, if you want to stick around for that deep dive and and get extra geeky with us, then uh, by all means, hang out with us. Well, and um, we've been we've been warning everybody: don't install the betas, right? Yep. And that still holds: don't install the betas, not yet, but. For the geeks out there, stick around for the very end of the post show. Jason and I are going to talk about our timing for installing the betas, yes. when, why, and on what devices we think at the moment we're going to be installing these, uh, these betas because we're going to get there first. Um, you want us to get there first, trust me. But uh, yep. don't install them yourself, yep. but stick around for that conversation too. Yeah, yeah. And as always, you know, guys, uh, before we jump in, just a reminder to subscribe, share this with anyone in your personal circle or anyone you think can get some value out of it. Uh, it helps us grow and expand the audience. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter at GDGTS4, the number four, FMLS. That's Gadgets for Families, abbreviated. And um, we'll be posting, um, you know, that's where we get our, our tips, tricks, and, and things like that that we post online. And uh, also on YouTube, we'll be posting shorts. So you can find us there at youtube.com uh, slash GDGTS for FMLS. And uh, we promise we're going to get back to doing shorts and stuff soon. You know, Greg and I had a, a, a pretty busy week these last couple of weeks. So we promise we'll get back to that soon. Also, um, leave us some feedback. You know, give us a review uh, if you got any questions, suggestions on topics and things like that. You can also submit all of that at mountneboconsulting.com forward slash G4F, G4F feedback. And uh, like I said, you can get in right now, get those questions in early and, uh, um, you know, those show requests and things like that. And we'll be more responsive before we become big, huge podcast stars. And then we'll, we'll ignore everyone and just do what we want to do. Right, Greg? Oh, that'd be a good problem to have, Jason. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, yeah. So, Greg, you know, I've I've been rambling on here these last few minutes. Uh, do you want to tell us how how's 
everything been going? You 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 got any uh, uh, news for us? Yeah, I'll share this, um, but I would refer anyone that really wants to hear a little bit more my kind of my thought process around this to this week's episode of Leaders Lift. It'll drop on Wednesday. But one of the reasons Jason and I have not been doing as many shorts and stuff is uh, I spent the last couple of weeks plus with my mom, who was at the end of an 18-month battle with cancer. So she passed on the 17th. Um, so I'm not going to go into that a ton here, um, but that's one of the reasons why. But the other thing I want to give you a heads up on as I've gone through this and now I'm starting to work through the future without her, which is still doesn't feel like it's real. Um, I want to talk about tech and how we could use tech to do things better. You know, I, I mean, with my mom, it was a long battle, so we knew it was coming and I should have been doing some things with our tech. I assume she was doing certain things like all of her accounts and everything were mm -hmm. hooked into her phone and they weren't. So I was kind of relying on her phone being set up like mine because you can get to everything on my phone. So it's not. So, you know, that was kind of a fail on my part as the family IT person. So I want to do an episode about that. But then I also want to talk about what you do with devices because I inherited her uh, iPhone, which is chalk, newer than mine. And, um, and then I also inherited her iPad, which is way older. It won't even run. It's on 12 point. It got a security update of 12.5.7 or whatever the case may be. So it's an older iPad and, you know, things that you can do with those. So I think we'll have a topic about that at some point, but that's where, that's where my head has been for the last couple of weeks. And so honestly, I'm looking forward to next week when I'm not recording either of my podcasts. I need to try and get my brain to uh, adjust to some sense of new normal, whatever that may be, if that's even possible. So, and it won't. It it, it takes a while, and and again, you know, we'll we'll talk about that, uh, you know, offline. But yeah, I I know what you mean, and uh, again, like I always tell you, I'm here for you, even if you just want to talk or rant or whatever, I'm here to listen. Appreciate that. I will say, and this was probably a surprise to you when I put this in the show notes. Yeah. That um, that my house will soon have a PS5. Okay. So um, it'll be here by Thursday. I just saw the charge hit the credit card today. So my son, that just graduated from high school, will be going away to college in the fall, has mm -hmm. been making this debate because his friends either have a four, a five, or other consoles, and they're kind of some of their friends are going they're all live together over there at college but others are going other directions yeah so this is the way that they've decided they wanted to you know stick together and do some fun stuff like this it was that and then i think it was star wars outlaws okay. that pushed him over the edge and said okay yeah i think i can actually get enough use out of this to spend his own money and get it so he has purchased i have no idea how big he got but he purchased the digital only version okay. of the PS5 because he's not worried about physical games and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I'll have a PS5 in my house. I think the last PlayStation of any sort that I owned was the PSP probably the year it came out. Okay. So, well. <laughs> so this is a huge upgrade. So, and, and that's a good game too, the bond over, right? And, and my son's the same way. He's a, he is a, he's a, a, a PlayStation guy. And that's how he keeps up with all of his friends and his brother, too. You know, the, the, the one that's in Oklahoma. 
Uh, he's a PlayStation guy. I don't know where I went wrong with these kids because I love Xbox, <laughs> but they both <laughs> they both love their PlayStations. And uh, uh, yeah, yeah, they keep in touch with their family and stuff through, through PlayStation. Even if it's just a quick chat, they don't have time to get, jump on a game together or whatever. So yeah, I think it made a good option. I mean, a, a good choice. Yeah, I mean, I saw Dustin do this with Fortnite back when Fortnite was allowed on the iPad. And so yeah. he did a lot of that with Fortnite when he would come home during the summer for school. And um, so, but I've already had the conversation. Just everybody know you get a brand new game console, you're going to get sucked in. I've already had the conversation with Wyatt and said, just don't let it consume your life. Because I've seen that happen, you know, way too many times. I had a yes. good, good friend of mine that was assigned to work with me in church and we were doing stuff and it was going great. And then all of a sudden he disappeared for two weeks. And, um, <laughs> You know, I went over to his house and knocked on the door and he didn't answer. And so finally I opened the door and walked in and he was sitting in his living room at his computer playing a game. And the whole front room was just littered with pizza boxes, Chinese food boxes, yeah. all of this yeah. takeout stuff that he'd gotten. He hadn't left his house for two weeks. And so I told him, yeah, don't do that. And his response to me was, Dad, I'd still rather work out for two hours than play okay. games for two hours. So. <laughs> That's good. He's still at that point in, in his life, you know, yeah. where that, that stuff, you know, is important. Yep. But uh, no, I agree. You know, I, I I used to be a hardcore gamer, but I, I I know how it is to get sucked into a new game. You just want to, you know, put every every free hour, you know, every free every moment you have a free hand, you want to hold a controller in it, you know. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's a constant battle to fight that. So but. He's in a good position already. He he knows what he's using it yeah. for. He's uh he's focused. So, all right. Well, yeah. So that deal. then we'll have to see if I want to play Outlaws with him. You know, we'll have to see how that goes. So, yeah. I'll report back. He'll have it this week. So when we come back and record the next time, he's gonna camp with us for a few days, but not the whole time. But uh, I'll let you know if I've seen him even less than normal. <laughs> you know, if he's ever come out of his cave. So yeah. Yeah, if he's taking so long to respond back to messages or, or things like that, you'll know. Hey, maybe you need to take a yep. break. All right. Well, good deal. Yeah, yeah. Let me know if you still want that that uh, test out that VR. You know, I have it. It's just sitting in the garage in a box. It's not gonna. I'm not gonna miss it one bit. So. I right. don't know. I I gotta tell you, the more I hear about the Vision Pro, the more I just want that to be my very first experience with. Yeah, yeah, and just just dive into it. it. So right, just yeah. <laughs> just just go all in. So anyway, we better not go down that rabbit hole because it will we will go down a hole again. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, so you want to talk about some headlines? Yeah, tell me about this uh, playing local weather thing. Yeah, so now on Alexa's uh, the Echo Show eight, ten, and fifteen, you'll be able to be able to stream a um, your local news channel, their their news clips, and uh, uh, you know it's not through the weather app; it's actually uh, um, you know displayed right on the screen. But now you can just ask uh, uh, Alexa to show you the the local weather, uh, a local weather report, and it uh, gives you like just a little you know, a little menu with all of the local channels and just their news clip, 30 seconds, 60 seconds or whatever. Um, you know, it's hurricane season down here in Houston. So they actually have like video clips dedicated to just tracking to the uh, tropical storms and things and what's going on in the, uh, in the Gulf right now. So anyone, if you have an echo show eight, 10 or 15, yeah, just give it a shot and, and, and take a look. So you can actually watch live news clips with no subscription, right? You don't have to have a, uh, 
cable subscription. You don't have to tie it to your to your um you know your your TV provider or anything like that. You can just say, "Hey, show me," and uh, she'll give you a list. So yeah, I, I I like this because I got one of my mom's iPads. Right, one of the things I'm thinking about doing is turning it into a digital picture frame. But I mean, it would be awesome to just have this sitting in the kitchen, running photos all the time, and then to be able to turn around and say, you know, activate it and say, "Hey, do this." So Apple, get on this. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah, it is really cool. So I actually couldn't find the original uh, post from from Amazon about it. So uh, when I got one of it, it was through a, uh, uh, an article from the uh, from the Verge. So I li- uh, put a link in the show notes, guys. So just take a look at that, and uh, you can get the information. They had a few corrections. They were uh, uh, given some different numbers and cities and things like that, but uh, it's all corrected out. They have the uh, the uh, the right information there. So just take a look when you get a chance. So next we have uh, Apple releases iOS 16.5.1, right? So this one, it wasn't a huge update. Um, I did it. It was really quick. Uh, it fixed two major security flaws that were going on, two active security flaws. So guys, get yep. on this. Uh, if you're a family tech guy, go ahead and get around all of your devices up in the house. Do these updates tonight. Um, they were really uh, some really serious vulnerability uh, vulnerabilities. And then... Um, they also fixed an issue with the lightning to uh, USB adapter, right? Um, for anyone that uses this, I'm guessing photographers and things like that. You know, maybe some people who uh, don't have a powerful enough computer or whatever to transfer, uh, you know, picture files through because they get pretty large. Uh, they still use that lightning to USB adapter. And um, the last update broke it. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, we keep saying stay away from the betas. Uh, even the general releases of some of these updates can break a few features here and there. So definitely if that's something you depend on, uh, go ahead and do that update and, and, uh, check it out. Let us know if it's working for you again. Yeah. And they also, I think they had versions of Mac, iPad and watch OS. It was either this one. I think it was this one that TV OS didn't get anything. Mm-hmm. So there won't be a new home pod build. But definitely for your Mac, your iPad, and watchOS, right now is a good time. Go check them. Make sure they're on the latest version. If you yeah. go in, it'll tell you the latest version that it's there or not. It doesn't matter which number it is. If you're not on the latest version right now, you should get there. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And, okay, so that was all we had for the news. Um, so the tiny tip for this week, Greg, you want to talk about that? Yeah, I like this idea because, so one of the things we talked about with iPad and iOS is that the health app, is coming to your iPad. And I think this is, it's something that Apple emphasizes, but when it comes right down to it, at the end of the day, I think health is what Apple's really gonna be known for at some point. Yes, they make fantastic devices, but when you really talk about changing the world, health and safety, there's just no comparison to those things. And so moving the iPad or the health app to the iPad is huge because now all of a sudden you've got this great screen, right? Mm-hmm. That you can actually drill down in and see the data. I mean, sometimes when I look at data on my phone and the health app, I'm looking at my heart rate and all this kind of stuff. And it's, yes. it's hard to see the trend. So, you know, funny thing, I actually got a notification yesterday that there was a new trend in my resting heart rate. Well, my mom passed away. We had the funeral. I got super duper sick. So of course my heart rate was higher. <laughs> than it had been for the previous 14 days, right? But it was hard to nail down the trends just because I'm doing it on that smaller screen. So 
Um, I'm super excited about it. So what I thought I would do, my suggestion is get the health app, get into it, start digging into it, look into it. Apple's actually got a privacy commercial out on it mm-hmm. right now too. Get into it, dig into it, and figure out what you want to use it for. And then I thought you and I could just speed round what we use it for. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's jump into it. All right, so I use it for sleep tracking. Not necessarily all my trends and all of that kind of stuff, but mostly for you know, how many hours of sleep did I get last night and how many times did the grandkids get me up? And so that's good because I can go in and I can see the graph. I can actually look at that on my watch, so that's great. Yes. My wife uses it for this too, and she's the one that can tell, yeah, I feel like I got two hours of sleep last night because the grandkids had a really rough night or something like that, right? But the other part of this is the sleep schedule and the alarms that go along with it. And so you can tell the system in the health app to go in and say, I want to go to sleep at 930 mm-hmm. and I want to wake up at six o'clock in the morning. I think that's what mine's set to right now. And so it, that sets the alarm at 6 a.m. And at 930, it actually puts your phone, watch, iPad and Mac all into sleep mode, whichever ones you specify to share that mode across. Yes. And there you can specify who can get through, what message notifications can get through, what app notifications can get through, who do you accept calls from at that point. And, um, you know, a lot of the tech audience is going to laugh at me setting it for 930. But the nice thing by setting it at 930 (laughs) is that I stop getting the notifications and stuff like that at 930, even though I may not go to sleep until later. So go in and play with this. And it's really great because like this last week, my 6 a.m. schedule wasn't always the right thing, but you can go in and with the simple tap with it in sleep mode, it'll tell you when the alarm is. You can go in, you can edit that alarm or you can edit the whole schedule. You can put in, I want a weekday schedule and I want a weekend schedule. Mm-hmm. That's a little different. You can put all those different things in. So highly encourage you to go in and check that one out because I think it's great. Um, yeah, that is a good one. I would. I would like it to show me getting more sleep. That would be the best, but uh, (laughs) that's kind of not happening. Um, Medications, we've talked about this, and one of the great new features in iOS 17 will be perpetual notifications, right? So if you get a notification on your medicine, you can tell it an hour later, remind me if I haven't checked it off. So that one I think is a big deal, especially if you're really busy, right? Or you're out in the evening or whatever the case may be. So medications reminder, but not just those reminders, but being able to pull the list of your medications and just have it all right there on your phone. It's a pain in the butt to put them in. It really is because they want you to pick the name and the exact dosage and then the shape and the color of the pills or whatever the case may be. And all of that kind of stuff is kind of a pain. But once it's in there, it's great. So So I actually... Go I actually uh, changed a medication um, last month and it allowed me to scan the bottle when I, so the first time I entered it in, you're right. I had to, I had to type it in and the milligrams and all of that. This time I was able, just like you're doing oh, a, a home kit setup and uh, I scanned the bottle and put it in perfectly. I did have to select the, the, you know, the way, cause it lets you choose the type of pill or how it looks or the roundness and right. the color and things like that. But, um, yeah, the first time I did it, it was it was a manual kind of just enter it in, enter the milligrams and th- and you know the dosage in and the uh, the amount that you take it. But they they streamlined that a little bit, so it's, it's been pretty good. Yeah, perfect. Uh, the other thing I use it for is all of my vitals. I love the trending feature, how it'll tell you if there's been a recent change in your heart rate, like mine did last week or yesterday. Yeah. Yep. Um, 
Same thing with oxygen. If you do the, if you have one with the oxygen sensor, and then VO2 max, VO2 max is kind of a function of how good of shape you're in. And I always am going to be below average because I have asthma, <laughs> but I like to know if I'm going up or down. Yes. Right? I don't necessarily worry about the amount, but I like to know if I'm going up or down. If I'm going down too much, then I'm not pushing myself enough on my workouts. Yeah. So, and all of the vitals, all of that kind of information. You can go in and see your own measurements, but then you can also go get more information. And it links out to things that'll tell you what's normal, what's not, all that kind of stuff. Now, it's not a diagnostic machine, right? So this is really just data that's designed for you to discuss with your healthcare professional if you need to or not. Yes. But I love having the information there available to me. Yeah. Um, fitness consolidation. I use more than one fitness app. So, and I, sometimes I use a calorie tracker and sometimes I don't, and mm -hmm. I want my fitness stuff also to tie into some of the health programs that my insurance offers to give you rewards and stuff like that. So all of that funnels through the health app. Yes. So you turn it on, you're good to go. So, yeah, so I really enjoy that. And, uh, that makes a ton of sense to me. So, um, and then the last one for me is the health records. We talked about this before. I've actually got it linked up to my clinic and the portal here. And mm -hmm. I love being able to see everything right after I go into the doctor. So I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, I was going to look into, uh, you know, setting up my provider and stuff like that, too. But uh, just hadn't got around to it yet. But that is a good feature to have to be able to view all of that information once it's, uh, you know, once your results and stuff come in. So fitness consolidation, too, is a, is a big thing because I use multiple apps for different things. You know, we, we would love to use what well, we would we always love when they add more workout types to the uh, to the workout app on the on the Apple Watch. But sometimes they just like this year, I don't think we got any new workouts. Um, they did expand it over the last few years. So it has, you know, uh, it pretty much covers everything. But you would think something as simple as kettlebells would be in there and it's not in there. So I have to use a separate kettlebell app for, for those workouts. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's good to consolidate all of that. So even if you use the, the, uh, the workout app on your Apple Watch and you use this partic particular app on your phone, all of that information is still feed into that health app. So yeah. So, so some of the things that I use it for is connecting like external devices, right? So I'm currently using a, a Renfro, uh, Renfro uh, scale to track my weight and BMI and things like that. And, you know, I try to, and, and I'm always complaining to my wife too, like, you know, let's not get caught up on what this number says, but um, it does, like you said, we check our trends and stuff and to make sure we're not trending in the wrong direction. So um, I don't step on it every day, but you know, when I do, it's, it's good to not have to manually enter that information, right? It's a, a Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. So whether I have my phone with me or not, the, um, the information will make it to the to the health app through the uh, through the Renfro uh, Renfro Renfro. Oh, it's a Renfro. I'm sorry, I'm getting caught up on that name, but it it goes through that app and eventually it feeds it right into the health app, and that's how I manage all of that. So I'm also using a Withings uh, uh, blood pressure monitor. Now this is something that I have to check daily, you know, and this is something I'm also constantly sharing with my doctor and stuff too. So. Um, yeah, being able to connect that and not have to manually enter this in and then manually mail it and things like that, email it to to my um, to my doctor and stuff. It's always, you know, just a few clicks away. And um, um, that's that's a really good one. 
the 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 blood monitor um my wife is as as uh the the one that really needs to to monitor her her levels and stuff i use it from time to time but i don't really have a problem i mostly use it to you know just to have that information right more information more data is better than than none at all so just if i ever need to show or something like that i can just say hey this was my you know my levels on this date or something like that so that's uh uh but yeah just connecting these external devices and there are all types of devices right there's there's uh, uh monitors for everything not just the 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 types of the types that i use but um there's some more pre precision like uh, uh monitors and things like that hard mon monitors uh um uh, blood oxygen levels and stuff like that that'll all connect to the uh the health app and uh, uh you can take advantage of so yeah yeah so external devices that's uh that's a big deal for me uh like you mentioned earlier viewing trends and things like that is uh, uh something i i um uh, i use a lot right uh, like i mentioned earlier my weight trends and stuff like that uh i uh, love viewing those um also too my uh being physical too whether i'm i'm you know regardless of whether i'm hitting closing those circles on my on my apple watch still am i being enough active am i taking enough steps through the day uh what's going on why am i not taking enough steps well, I can see, well, you know, midweek, I'm usually in the shop and it's it's so confined. I'm not really getting my steps in. So I need to make adjustments through those days. I need to find time to go outside and walk and stuff like that. And it's all just to to help you just be conscious of of, of these numbers. Right. Viewing them makes you, uh, uh, you know, you're, you're more conscious of you think I did enough. But when you actually look at the numbers, OK, I didn't do enough. You know, it just kind of kind of makes you more accountable to. Uh, to uh, hitting those goals and stuff like that. Um, another thing, like I said, sharing sharing data with with my doctor, and and it's mostly just my blood pressure readings. Um, all the testing and stuff is done on their end; they have that information. But when he's asking me, uh, "Why is your blood pressure so high?" I can show him what is how it was, you know, my my trend for that week or whatever, and I can just you know hit the share button and send it to his email address, and uh, uh, that's all good. So, and and the last one is the medical ID. You know, I'm I'm always uh, worried, especially being out um, nowadays. You know, you never know what's going to happen. Um, a lot of people don't know because your phone automatically unlocks. But if you test this out, if you cover your, if you fill out your medical ID, anyone can grab your phone, not unlock the phone, but still go to the emergency, uh, um, the medical ID, and they can see all your contact information. So if someone just happens upon you. And you, you know, you passed out in a parking lot or something somewhere. They can grab your phone. If you have this set up, they'll be able to say, this is, you know, this is Jason Benjamin. He's on these medications. He's, he's this height, this weight. This is his spouse. This is her contact information. And they can call her or call, you know, EMS or whatever. And when EMS gets there, they'll be able to provide them with that information. And because uh, that's usually one of the questions that they have when they come up is, you know, has this person taken anything? What medications are you on? And things like that. And to have all of that listed, um, it, it's yeah. a really cool feature. And like you said, I think Apple um, is going to be known for being a health and, and safety company, you know, with, with data and stuff like that. But definitely health-wise, um, they're re really making big strides in that direction. And uh, I appreciate it. So, yeah, so the health app, it, coming to iPad soon, currently on your iPhone. Guys, take advantage of it. Fill out your, your medical ID. You know, put in your, your emergency contacts, put in your medication and just start tracking this information. Even if it's just one thing, even if, it, if it's just your weight or your sleep, 
They have cycle tracking for uh, for for ladies. Uh, if you want to track all of that information, uh, anything, not anything, but a lot of things health wise, you can start tracking that information right now. So, yep, check out the health app, guys. So, yeah, I'm going to love it on my mini, my iPad mini. It'll be great. That's about the right screen size, right? Because I don't necessarily need it on the 27 inch screen I got in front of me, but it'll be nice on the mini. Get it a little bigger, being able to go in a little more detailed. I'm excited for it. So, yeah, yeah, that, that's something we've been wanting from the beginning. So, all right, guys, as a reminder, there will be no show next week for 4th of July. Um, Greg and I will be taking a week off to enjoy with families and or our video game systems. We'll just keep everyone updated, but uh, no show next week, uh, no shorts. Um, maybe, I don't know if we, we do anything. You guys just stay, stay tuned, stay subscribed, and um, you'll, you'll get some kind of notification from us. So uh, let's jump into the main topic this week, Greg. The uh, main topic we were going to talk about was TVOS and macOS Sonoma, right? And these are the yep. features that they announced at, um, at WWDC a few weeks ago. And again, I know you guys, uh, the, the, the tech guys out there, you're probably already subscribed to a bunch of people that's covered these, uh, these features, you know, back and forward since then. But uh, we're, we're going to go through and just talk about a few things here for everyone that's not familiar with it. Uh, Mac OS is the operating system that's going to be, that, that runs on the, the portable laptops and the, uh, the, the uh, iMacs that are uh, um, Apple computers, right? Not their mobile devices like the phones or the watches or the devices. These are their computers, uh, their, their desktop level uh, operating system, right? And it's called Mac OS. So the next version coming out is called Sonoma. Greg, you want to talk about some of these features? Yeah, so, I mean, we joked around when we dropped our first uh, WWDC hot takes was leave it to widget. And, uh, yep. I mean, widgets everywhere. And literally on the Mac, you can put widgets anywhere on your desktop. So um, yep. widgets, any widget that's been created by Apple, any widget that's been created by the applications you've installed, and any widget from an app that's on your phone, even if it's not on your Mac. So this is using the feature called continuity where I can, like for example, I can start playing something on my phone and then I can move it over to my Mac or where I can share content between them and where I can connect my iPad as a second screen for my Macintosh. So there's all these things, right? That kind of mm -hmm. run off of this similar technology. But in this case, if I've got a widget that's on my iPhone, but I don't have the app on my Mac because they probably don't even make it for the Mac, to be honest. I could actually put that widget on my Macintosh desktop. So you can literally now cover your desktop in glanceable widgets. So really cool, interactive widgets, all the same kinds of things you can do on iOS and iPadOS. And then, so the question then becomes, well, why would I want to do that? Well, so I'm looking at three monitors right now. Two of them are completely covered with the applications I have running, but my third one, I've got space, right? Mm -hmm. And this is a fairly typical setup for me where I'm not using the entire monitor for these applications I have running. And so if I know I never use the bottom right-hand corner, I could put a little weather widget yes. down in that bottom right-hand corner, right? Or I could put an ESPN widget and keep track of the scores for the games or whatever the case may be. Or I could put shortcuts widgets, you know, whatever. I decide I want to do there. And the way they've set this up in Mac OS is that 
when you do have an application that's active, even if you've got desktop space that's available to you, they're faded into the background. So they match up with the color of your wallpaper, yeah. <clears throat> but they're kind of going to quote unquote gray out, right? So they aren't there glaring at you in these contrasting colors that are going to distract you from whatever you're working on. They're just going to be there and be available to you. And then you can glance down at them and see the information. Or thing I found out today is that if you actually click on your desktop, then you can actually set your Mac to go to the desktop when you click on it. So if you wanted to go okay. and see all of your widgets at once, if you've got any desktop space showing behind an application, you can just click there and it'll go straight to the desktop. So um, more to come on that. I definitely am gonna wanna test that out when we run the betas or when we install the actual version, depending on what we do there. But uh, I'm excited to be able to put, I mean, there's stuff I'd like to have on my, there's apps that I have on my phone that I think I'd like to have the widget mm -hmm. on my Mac, right? And because um, I do spend, you spend a lot of time in front of your iPad. I spend a lot of time. All of my work is pretty much done on a Macintosh. So yeah. I'm excited about that. So more widgets. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. And it's, it's, I saw it in action. I like the way they kind of fade in, like you say, they kind of blend in with the background. So they're just not, you know, ruining your picture or your view or anything like that. And, you know, I had the same thought of sticking these widgets in spaces that aren't used, right? I'm usually have two big windows open. Usually that bottom part, that bottom section, it's by the dock when it, because mine minimizes automatically. Um, putting a few widgets there just to be able to see, like, like you say, the weather and things like that. So, yeah, that's a good feature. I'm, I'm, Looking forward to seeing that in action. You know, and speaking of weather, um, we've talked about weather enhancements, but the Mac is giving them to more detailed weather information for the weather geeks out there. I'll tell you, I didn't worry about the weather until I moved to Houston. Yeah. You moved to Houston <laughs> and you got to worry about every type of weather that there is. So oh. I learned to worry about the weather. And, you know, we were camping in tents all the time. And, you know, sometime I can tell some of my weather stories sleeping in a tent, but um, so any information that's more information for the weather is good. I will say this is one area that I'm actually disappointed uh, in Apple. Um, they bought Dark Sky. So for those of you that don't know, Dark Sky was an iOS app that had very, very precise weather. Yeah. Um, and, and they beautiful, were very, very beautiful yeah. screens. Yep. We all love yep. that app. So Apple bought them and eventually shut it off. And now it's all incorporated in there and it still looks good, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they've incorporated the animations. If it's raining, the background's raining, all that kind of really, mm -hmm. really great stuff. But where I get frustrated, at least around here, is that something has happened over the last couple of years where their accuracy in the weather uh, alerts has just gone downhill dramatically. Mm -hmm. And so it'll say it's gonna start raining in five minutes and stop 20 minutes later. Well, when I was in Houston, it was really, really accurate. So I don't know if it's just this where I'm at, but it seems to apply in Salt Lake too, which is a bigger city. Yeah. Um, no, but it's the I, same. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know what data sources they've switched from, if they're not running an algorithm against multiple data. I don't know what they've done, but yeah. the weather stuff looks great. There's plenty of information, but if you want the micro forecasts like that, which were, are important for somebody that does outdoor stuff like me, mm -hmm. then it's just not good enough right now. Yeah, yeah. One of my watch widgets, actually all of my watch faces, the complications, one of the complications is the weather. And some of my main faces that I use, it has the weather right there front and center. And uh, yeah, it'll say rain in five minutes and, and nothing. 
like not even close to raining. Like it's raining somewhere in town, but nowhere near where I, where I am at the moment. So no, it's the same here. It's 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 something they changed in the background. It's just not as accurate as as it used to be. Uh, grocery lists. We talked about this. There's now two different types types of lists that you can make. You can do this on the Mac too. You can do it on the phone, iPad. But mm-hmm. if you make a grocery list, it's going to sort your whatever you enter into it by category: fruits and vegetables, you know, dairy, uh, produce, you know, whatever the case may be. So that's pretty mm-hmm. cool on that one. Um, the notes, the key features that I think the Notes app is getting, which are better PDF management. We yep. talked about that, right? The ability to collaborate on PDFs and have these embedded PDFs right in notes, as well as the ability to link to other notes. Now, it seems like the linking to other notes is a little bit wonky, but you know, if you were planning like a trip overseas or something like that, and you wanted to have one list that was all the restaurants that you wanted to try and one list of all the places that you wanted to go, then you could have a master table of contents or whatever the case may be and link out to all of these subnotes, mm-hmm. and um, so I heard that it's got needs some work, but it is there and is available. I think if you're just using the defaults notes app, like Jason and I do for collaborating mm-hmm. on the show, um, I think this will be really good, and that might be something that we take advantage of to have like a table of contents for each episode, versus yeah. having to figure out which note we put in which place location. So. Yeah, I think we'll take advantage of that because it's always a hassle for me jumping back and forth to like the the topic, the list we have of show topics and things like that and trying to find other notes. So, And this is more of a power user feature anyway. I don't think the average person is going to be linking notes because most people don't even use tags and stuff like that on their on their notes. So I think it's more of a power user feature, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But I think it's a good addition. Uh, messages, you're going to get all of the messages features except one. So you'll get all of the new stickers and swipe mm-hmm. right to reply and inline location. But the only one you're not going to get is the new messages apps tray. You know, now in iOS 17, it's a little plus and organizes, you can organize them, but it doesn't look like messages on the Mac is getting that, which I'm kind of bummed about because I actually use messages on the Mac mm-hmm. a lot. I'm sitting in front of a keyboard and a big screen. Why would I reach over and text? <laughs> <laughs> right on a computer yeah just send it from the screen you're you're, you're staring at right then but yeah are you really going to need so. that i mean i know for uniformity right if you're used to it functioning a certain way you're going to be using it on your ipad and your and your phone you want it to work the same way but i don't think you're really going to miss it too much on the mac and then also too like we yeah. always say it, it may change it may change right before the the, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the Golden Master, the main release, they may say, hey, let's go ahead and make it look the same, you know, uniform all the way around. Yeah. So we'll see. We still have months, so yeah. we'll see on that. And then also just a reminder, the Apple's keychain is being updated so that you can do password sharing and pass keys. I talked about this. I really think that before I renew my script subscription to my current password manager, that I'll be moving everything back into Apple. Um, so I'll be taking advantage of this. And this is definitely easier to manage all of this on a Mac or on an iPad versus doing everything on your phone. So I'm glad that all of this is gonna function cross-platform. And that's the biggest thing with most of these features that we've talked about is just making sure that the Mac isn't behind the iPhone and the iPad on the key features. Because if you're in the ecosystem, you want it to work on any of the devices that you have. Yep, 
and and work the same like we were just saying about messages you want it to work the same not have to do certain things to get it to work on your mac versus versus your ipad so okay now there are a few features that are going to be only available on apple silicon that means apple's own chips so like i've got a three-year-old macbook pro it's got an intel chip in it um so i'm not going to get some of these features i'm actually surprised the list is this small so, so far, it's so, only like three or four things. Yeah, yeah. But when you sent this to me, I was like, I didn't realize there were any features. Well, when I saw it in the notes, I didn't realize there were any features that were Apple Silicon only. So I was surprised when, uh, uh, when you posted it. So, Yeah, but you got to think about it too, right? I mean, Intel Macs are what now? Two years or yeah. more? Yeah, yeah. About age. two years, three years now. So... Yeah. I assumed this list would be bigger. I was worried that widgets would be one of those things, but it's not on there. I'm hoping that the iPhone widgets doesn't require Apple Silicon, and we just haven't heard about it yet. So mm-hmm. the only three things so far are presenter overlay, which is a, a pre- presentation feature that allows you to put your PowerPoint or your keynote presentation behind your head and move your head around so that you're... Your, you and your presentation are kind of simultaneously on the screen. Yeah. It looks a little gimmicky. I actually think in the professional world, I would use it quite a bit, but that's only going to be available on Apple Silicon. This next one absolutely makes sense. All of these game mode enhancements to allow the high power gaming. Yes, yeah. they are going to be Apple Silicon only because to be honest, the Intel chips that are in like my Mac just won't cut it yeah. no matter what anyway. So they've got to have the apple silicon on that one that one makes sense to me and then the change in how we activate siri so you don't have to say hey digital assistant on uh, certain devices anymore but in order for that to work on the mac you will have to um you'll have to actually have apple silicon there so all right and then uh you know just a few speed round kind of thing so new screensavers finally they're officially bringing the Apple TV screensavers to the Mac. Now, there have been places where you could go get these, but now you'll officially have the Apple TV screensavers on your Mac. And they Great. look really nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they yeah, look yeah, good. Yeah. Imagine how they look on that uh, ProRes display, right? So, yes, yes. Uh, photos, we've talked about this, but recognizing images, you know, like your pets. But also, I didn't realize this, food. So if it recognizes a food... Um, then it asks, actually can pull up a recipe for you for okay. it as well. So hey, that sounds that. pretty cool if you're, a, yeah. yeah. So, you know, if it can identify the food, then it pulls you up a, a recipe for it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, keyboard and dictation enhancements, same things we got across the board. Sensitive content warnings, these are the things that pop up if somebody sends you a message that has nudity or something like that. Yeah. And then the lockdown mode, the one thing all of us hope we'll never, ever need is this lockdown mode where it shuts off certain features because you're under attack by a nation state trying to hack into your phone kind of thing. So yeah. hopefully none of us have to ever have to worry about that. But yeah, yeah. Some, so I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. Some, and, and like we said before, you know, not a lot of huge changes, you know, to, to Mac OS, but still some pretty good solid ones, right? We saw the same thing with iPad OS. You know, it was really only three or four major changes, but they were, you know, they were doozies of a, of a change. So yeah. Yeah. The same with, same with Mac OS. I'm, I'm going to look forward to at least testing some of these out. Right. I, you know, I still have my old MacBook air. Um, 
it's, it's running an old Intel chip. I won't get some of the features, but at least I'll get a lot of the cool stuff, right? And my wife, who is uh, running an M2 uh, a Mac, so she'll, she'll get all of the, the new bells and whistles and things like that. So looking forward to it. Yeah. We need to remember, right? Mac OS is their most mature platform. Yes. So, I mean, it's not going to go through all this kind of stuff. And it's very different from iPad and iOS. So I don't expect it to have the features. I expect Mac OS to continue to get good, solid updates, but mm -hmm. only get the new things that it interacts with those other devices with. I don't yeah. expect it to get something that's Mac only or Mac centric, right? It's going to be, hey, the Mac's getting this because the iPad and the iPhone are getting it too. Yeah, yeah, because it's already very functional. You know, with all of the years yeah. and years of updates, it's already pretty, pretty useful as, as is. So, yeah, yep. I, I see what you mean. I agree with you. So tvOS, and, and like I just said, not a lot of major changes, but some stuff I'm looking forward to, you know, a few things. And you have, you have two Apple TVs, right? I have three in my house. Okay, okay. And I know there's one that you take with you to the, to the camper from, from time to time. Sometimes I do. Yeah. But, yeah, we've got one in the bedroom, one in the main family room, and Wyatt's got one downstairs, so... Okay, so a lot of these features you and I both will be able to test out personally and, and, yep. and see. And, and so, so, um, so who's going to be getting it? Uh, it seems to me, as far as everything I've read, so if you have an Apple TV 4K or an Apple TV HD, you're going to get it no matter how old the model is uh, you're in. So that leaves out what the, the, of course, the first generation, which isn't getting any updates, uh, the second and third, and uh, um, which, again, those... They hadn't been getting many updates over the last few years anyway, so uh, they've been kind of focusing on the 4K and the HD. So, yeah, a pretty good amount of them are getting the update. So uh, the first one is the continuity camera, right? So this is the, uh, the feature where you can use your, um, your iPhone as, as, your, as a webcam, right? You can't hook an external HD webcam to it, um, but you can use your iPhone and be able to make FaceTime calls and things like that. So. We we talked about this uh, uh, briefly when we uh, when we did the uh, the hot take episode right after WWDC, and you were saying like you know this seems like it's a couple of years too late, right? This is something yeah. everyone could have used a few years ago when we were all on lockdown, right? We can all sit on the sofa and and uh, uh, FaceTime with the uh, with the family or the in laws or something like that. But I can still get I can still see this feature getting a lot of uh, a lot of uh, a lot of use for a lot of people, right? Well, you know. it's also going to bring Zoom and other similar apps to the Apple TV yes. for the first yes. time. And then if you combine that, we joked around about DockKit last week, right? Mm -hmm. um, the fact that you can tie these apps into a mechanized camera or phone holder. So yes. if I think about that, if I think about when you and I used to try and set up stuff in a conference room, mm -hmm. if you just had an Apple TV on the conference screen yeah. and somebody and had the stand just sitting there. Somebody could just come pop their iPhone into it, use that as the camera. And now you've got a full blown web conference for the conference room mm -hmm. feature too. And that's exactly how I would use it at my home. You know, whether it was doing it with the family or let's say I was working with a client and wanted to go all in. Right. I mean, if I had five different clients spread out all over the board, I might want that big 4k, TV that I've got downstairs, right? And to set this up like that and throw on your AirPods and 
call it good. So I could see this in the corporate environment too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. And, and yeah, that was many times where, man, imagine if it was that simple just to have the Apple TV in there and just to throw instead of dealing with the big Cisco. I, uh, remember that camera that they had that would yeah. pan and tilt and it was always broken. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't get me started on that. And iPhone docking it there. Um, as far as the, um, that's one of the features that's working now in, in beta two is the center stage. So it'll be able to zoom in on whoever's speaking and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. Good feature. I think, uh, I think a lot of, you know, tech professionals will get some use out of that. So, okay. The next thing is yep. one of the things I was personally excited about, and that was the control center, the changes to the control center. It's, it's not unusable now, right? Cause I use it almost daily. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm always checking cameras or, or, uh, uh, doing something in the control center that, that's available now, but it is a little wonky. And um, having this kind of iPad style, I, iOS and uh, iPad OS style, you know, drop down from the from the corner and just tap on what you need. Uh, I'm looking forward to that change. I like it, and I like the way it looks too. It, it looks really good. It looks uh, Apple esque. So um, you'll be able to toggle things like the power, Wi-Fi. Um, uh, they have a little search bar there so you can, you know, do a quick search uh, uh, if there's something you want to look for in an app or something you want to look for a show. Um, you'll be able to do it all from that little swipe down and uh, it'll have some uh, audio controls, too, to where if you want to, um, you know, s send the audio to like an, uh, an AirPods or like your external speakers and stuff like that. It's all done from that menu. No longer having to scroll through all of the settings, the, the main device settings and stuff like that. So. Uh, the control center is something I'm looking forward to. Do you use it? Yeah, when I was having end? problems. Uh -huh. Yeah, remember when I told you that I was having problems where um, I was super frustrated with the HomePod minis mm -hmm. because it seemed like they had to be reset and re-added so many times. And one of the things I was constantly trying to do was to remove the HomePods as the default audio for the TV and then re-add it back. And every time you have to go dig into the settings and... <laughs> <laughs> you know, the Apple the Apple TV remote is better, but it's just, I don't know what the answer is, but it's so hard to navigate that stuff. So the more they can put at that very, very top level and make easily accessible, the better off we are. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Apple Music Sing. Now, I think this is one of those things like, uh, like I was saying, uh, doing the emojis and stuff on the screen to do hearts and stuff. This is going to be another forgotten feature by December. But me and my daughter, we're at least going to test it out. So this is basically karaoke on the Apple TV, right? You, you'll be able to go well, to the music app. Here's the question. Can you share play this? Because yeah. if you could share play this, you could have family karaoke night and not all have to be in the same location. I didn't think about that. And I hadn't seen anyone testing it out. So... I'm I'm wondering too if you can share play it and you can get people in multiple locations, then it will be a lot usable, right? So if it's just something that's just on your local device for your friends or your family that are, are there, again, me and my daughter only. <laughs> oh, yeah. and another cool feature: if you can record yourself with continuity cam while you're doing, it. <laughs> yeah, while you're oh, and it, and it display the uh, the lyrics and stuff under in the video, that'll be another cool feature, but. You know, not something that's, that's you know, going to get a lot of use out of it, but I can see some some use cases for it. A lot of family time and stuff like that. So, um, 
if you're if you're into karaoke or if you're into just goofing off with the kids and stuff like that, soon you'll be able to do it on the Apple TV. So you'll go to the music app, and I believe it's just certain songs and stuff now. You know, they're always updating it, but certain songs, uh, you won't be able to sing like old folk songs and stuff like that. I'm sure it'll be mostly pop music and and things like that. But uh, you'll be able to see the lyrics on the screen like a karaoke machine. So yeah, so that that's coming. I think people will we'll test it out. Yeah, we'll test it out. Maybe maybe Greg will post a short of him singing. Yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> okay, so another one was locating the Apple TV remote. You know, for me, I don't think we'll use it that much. Uh, if we lose the remote, we know where it is. It's it's in for some reason our, our the sofa, one of the cushions just swallows up everything there. So we know where it is. It's never in another room or something like that. But you know, some people. You know, if you have toddlers and stuff like that, that that they love to run off with the thing mom and dad or, you know, brother and sister is always holding. They love to run off with it and disappear with it. So, okay, yeah, I guess I answered my own question. I can see people getting some use out of that. What do you think? Being able to locate the remote. Yeah. So I've got a toddler running around and yep. we're always, there's, you know, somebody's always trying to turn on Bluey or Blue's Clues or something for the grandkids yeah. on that tv so yeah i definitely want to be able to find the remote this will be good yeah and so, speaking of this so here's a little sidebar on this find my stuff so mm-hmm. we were at the cemetery and then we came back to the church because the church provided a little luncheon for the family after the service okay and i took off my tie and my jacket and grabbed my keys and i went where's my wallet Okay. And I couldn't find my wallet. And so I popped into the Find My App and I pinged it and I could hear the sound. So at least I knew I hadn't like dropped it at the cemetery or something like that. Right. So then I thought, you know what? I'm going to hit the track me button. And so I turned around and was trying to move around like you're supposed to. And it kept saying, your wallet's on the move. Okay. We can't locate its precise location. (laughs) I think I know where this is going. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, <laughs> uh, so this tells you where my brain was. Yep. Eventually, I found it in my back pocket. And you, yep, I knew it. <laughs> but I never put my wallet in my back pocket. It's always in a front pocket. This is time overseas, right? Yes. Like you don't put stuff in your back pocket. So it's always in my front pocket. But I had put it in my back pocket because you know we were pallbearers for the casket, and I didn't want anyway. So yeah. So yeah, it was in my back pocket. But that stuff really works. Yep. Works really good. So if they can do this for the Siri remote, sign me up. Okay, so all you toddlers out there that are using losing mom and dad's remote, your 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 days are numbered with that. So that's right. <laughs> all right. So and everything else, uh, new screensavers. They weren't on the uh, the videos that I saw. Uh, you know that I watched. They they weren't um, they weren't available yet. Uh, no one could seem to get the updates, but. There's going to be new screensavers, and the ones that they have now, they're beautiful. Some of them are coming to the Mac, like we mentioned earlier. Um, sometimes I don't even grab the remote. I just watch those those screensavers yeah. through, you know, all of those. those. I forget the name of those fish, but they're like a silvery kind of fish and the flyover of Dubai and, and uh, a few other ones. They're, they're just, man, they're just fun to watch. So any new ones, give them to me. I, I want to see them. Uh, enhanced dialogue. Um, so this requires the, the, the latest HomePod, right? So if you have that big one that you went out and spent, what was it, 500 bucks for? Um, fortunately, you won't be getting this feature. But 
this is a feature that's going to separate the speaking, uh, uh, the dialogue, the speaking dialogue in the movie or the video you're watching from the background music, right? And I've always had this issue, and you know, not that I have the best hearing, but in some movies and certain uh, um, scenes and things like that, the rumbling and the and the build up, you know, to the soundtrack is so powerful that I lose some of the dialogue sometimes. And now, if you have a HomePod, it'll be able to separate that for you. So the, the HomePod would just play the, uh, the voice audio from it. And whatever other speaker, whether it's the TV speaker or whatever, that'll get all of the, the soundtrack, the, the suspenseful music and things like that. So really cool feature. And you have several of them, too. So you'll be able to test this out. Yeah, hopefully it works on the minis. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, more control over the audio and the fitness app. Uh, now you can choose whether if you want to listen to your own music or if you want to listen to the music that the trainer's playing or if you want to listen to the trainer yelling at you and motivating you. And I don't know if they have any trainers. I hadn't used the app. If they have any trainers that are they do. just yelling at you and, and being drill sergeants. Nah, they're good. But I like this because, um, I mean, they're choosing playlists that appeal to a broad audience, mm-hmm. which is great. Right. But yeah. I love to be able to just turn on closed captioning and because I do the same exercises over and over and over again on this for okay. the most part. So you don't really and need so the I'd trainer like to, 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 to guide nah. you through. Okay. No, I mean, I could see and then hear and even for anything new, I think it would be fine with just closed captioning on and let my own music or podcast or whatever it is that play behind it. I mean, the music they choose is fine. Um, but I would prefer more control. So I, I didn't know this. I'll be testing this one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, um, I, I bought several devices over the last couple of years. And again, you know, they give you that three or six months of, of, of trial. And uh, I've let them all go to, go to waste. I, I, I need to. But I'm back in the gym now. So that's, that's a plus. At least I'm, like I said, I'm trending in the right direction. But uh, I'm yep. going to test out the, uh, the Apple Fitness uh, as soon as I can. So. All right, and the last thing is, uh, uh, you know, not a small deal, but, you know, it's not going to affect everyone, but better controller support. So they're actually adding support for, uh, I believe, like the Xbox, uh, uh, not the Pro Controller. Yeah, the, the Pro Controller, the Xbox, the one that you can customize. They're adding uh, better support for that. And the one that caught you in, in, in my eye was uh, Joy-Con and Pro Controllers for the Nintendo Switch. Yep which are a good controller for most people. Some people's favorite controller, I would say. Mine is still an Xbox, you know, pro controller. But um, yeah, yeah, this is, this is going to be, be, uh, be a big deal for some folks. This one, so I'm thinking, because gaming on the Apple TV is just, I tried it a few times. But I will say, if this Apple Arcade Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game was available, Mm-hmm. I think it is because I think in arcade they have to be available on all the platforms in yes. order to be in arcade. Um, if I could use the Pro Controller on that, I think I would actually play it on the Apple TV. Okay. So not much outside of Sneaky Sasquatch for us, but there are some games that I would like to try out. And, uh, yeah, using the Joy-Cons with them, uh, I think that's going to be a, yeah. a game changer, as they say. Nah, I shouldn't yep. say that. <laughs> All right. Well, so that was it. There, there was not much to these updates, like uh, like I keep saying, but there were some pretty good changes. So I can see a lot of people getting a lot of use out of them. But um, that was really pretty much it. So now, if you're going to stick around, we're going to talk about some of the changes in the uh, the second betas that were released. But uh, for now, 
that was pretty much it, Greg. You had anything you wanted to add? No, I, I think so after this week. So again, next, next week we're not recording. Mm-hmm. So the week after that, I think we'll start getting back into our more normal routine, right? Where we're talking about how to use your tech. Not just things that are possible, but actually how to use it. We haven't really looked at the topics that have that we've got on our list. I mean, we probably have a hundred different topics that we want to cover. So if you're like, I was hoping you guys would get back to telling me how to do this or do that first, send us some feedback. But then, yeah, know that in a couple of weeks we should get back to that where we've got tips. And then our main topic is not just a list of features; it's now a deeper dive into. So how do you organize your life? How do you set up tech for somebody? You know, whatever the the case may be. So I yeah. think we'll get back to that more normal routine in a couple of weeks. So I think too, uh, at least my next episode, the, the one that I'm writing was gonna be about photo management, right? Now this is a big deal for some people because they walk around with their entire lives on their device, right? Months and months or years and years of photos. And what happens if you, drop that phone in some water or something, then you lose, you know, several years of, of your life. And, uh, you know, I know there's iCloud backup and stuff like that and uh, uh, photos in the cloud and stuff, but we're going to talk about some different options and stuff like that to, uh, to uh, better safeguard and back up those, those photos, those personal photos, and how to be able to access those outside of your, your iPhone, right? What if you decide, hey, I don't want an iPhone. I want to move on to the next right. uh, Samsung Note. How do you get all of these photos and stuff? So we're going to cover all of that. Uh, um, in the next yeah. few weeks, so yeah, we'll and I think I think so. I think the next episode is mine, and I think I'm actually while this is fresh on my brain, going to talk about all the things you should help your parents be doing on their devices. Yes, right. Assuming that they're they're aging, not necessarily because they're going to pass away, but even just because they're aging. Period. End of story. How to make things easier on them, and how to make things easier for you to do that. So that's my initial thought for our next episode, but. Mm-hmm. You know, who knows what will change between here and then. My, I, I, I just, the one thing I know about life is to expect whatever yeah. at this point. So. <laughs> I know, I know. So, okay, guys. Well, that's all for this week. Thanks for joining us. And as always, we'll end with our cool podcast closing. Absolutely. Hit it. <laughs> all right, guys. Bye. See you, everybody. All right, folks. Well, if you stuck around and you're just like us, you love this this technology stuff. So we're going to dive into it a little further and we're going to talk about some of the changes in um, the, the different betas. And we're also going to go into a, a segment where we talk about um, when is when are we OK with upgrading to the uh, to the betas, the public betas and the uh, and the developer betas. So but before we do that, let me get this out of the way. If you hadn't subscribed. Um, go ahead and hit that subscribe or the follow button now, uh, right now in the podcast uh, app that you're listening to. Or if you're listening uh, uh, on the web, you can just Google Gadgets for Family, uh, a search for it, and uh, you'll be able to find it and you can hit follow and stuff there. Also, share, 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 share. Someone can definitely get some, uh, some, some kind of value or some kind of uh, tidbits of knowledge from us. Uh, uh, on the uh, on the show so we'll really appreciate it if you guys just share this with someone that that may be struggling with technology or you know that they're that go-to person in the family that uh you know they're the person that you always hand your phone to and say hey i messed this up or hey it's doing this weird thing uh just send it over to that person and just say hey give these guys a listen they're just like you they're tech dads 
their 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 families, their their coworkers, their their brothers, and and uh, they love their technology. So share that out. Or if you want to tell somebody, look, I can't keep helping you with the basic stuff. Listen to these guys, and they will help you. That's okay too. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Especially when we get to episode one hundred, we'll have you know plenty of a a a, a pretty good solid uh, knowledge base for them to refer to. You know, and I know you know some of our titles are are a little catchy sometimes, but we also try to include the uh, the topics that we discuss during the show, so they'll be able to scroll through the library or just start with episode one and listen all the way through. So when it'll get some, uh, some knowledge and experience with us. So, so Jason, I actually pulled a couple of Mac OS items cause I thought they were a little more on the geeky end. Um, so let's, let's talk about those first. And one of them I think was pretty geeky, but this is video call animations, adjustment and reactions this is kind of how they mentioned it. But you know, <laughs> like right now, if you're doing yeah. continuity camera on your Mac, you can turn on portrait right? So it blurs the background or you can turn on studio lighting. So it improves your lighting. But in the next version mm-hmm. of in Sonoma, you can actually slide or adjust how much portrait or how much studio lighting you do. So you get a, a you, it's not just okay. on or off, which is part of my frustration with it. So you actually get a, mm-hmm. um, you know, you get a slider to adjust that. So I think that's really cool. Uh, definitely a little more geeky. Um, what you'll have happen if for the non-geek folks is they'll turn this on and they'll never know how they did it. And then you'll have to figure out how to turn yeah. it off. Them, right. <laughs> so, yeah, you're going to be the person turning it off. For yeah. Them, so listen, listen up, uh, gesture based reactions. This is the one that I think is totally bonkers. I don't know why they would do this, but this is the one where if you do double thumbs up on a video call, it'll do emoji versions of double thumbs up and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's super goofy, but Hey, it's there. Um, this other one, pinning Safari web apps to the dock. So when I worked at the tech company I just worked at, we used all of Google stuff. And so what mm-hmm. I did with Google Calendar, the Notes app, Gmail, is I'd open up those websites, but then I wanted them to be an app, and I had to do certain things in Chrome in order to make that work. Well, now you'll be able to, in mm-hmm. Safari, you'll be able to take a web page and pin it into the dock as an app. Now, it's still running the web page version, but when you click on the dock yeah. and open it, it looks like an app. It's got the, the X, the minus, and the expand over in the left, and it doesn't have Safari, the web address, or any of that kind of stuff living oh. above it. So, so it doesn't open the web page. I thought it was just going to open the web page. So it opens it. It looks like an app. That's really cool. It looks, it's got a different wrapper. It's still the web page, yeah. right? But it's got a different wrapper. But for me... Doing that with all of the Google suite of stuffs in Chrome was game changing, mm-hmm. right? Because then I didn't have to worry about they were web shortcuts. They were just, it just appeared like apps for me. So we talked about that challenge last week, right? Of setting things up to make it easier. Well, this is one of those things you could do when this version of Mac OS comes out. If you've got somebody that's just a constant Gmail user on their Mac, get a hold of their Mac, turn it into a web yes. app for them. Right. Put a shortcut right on the dock and say, hey, you just click here and look how much cleaner and simpler. Yeah, this is. I think they'll like that better. So I think this is I do. I really, really enjoyed this. This was, like I said, a game changer. I didn't like using Google Suite. I was part of the rebellion that said <laughs> we really don't want this. But um, but hey, I, we didn't win that. Yeah. one. So and then the other thing you get in Safari, which is a little bit geeky. Same thing. If your clients do this, you're going to have to help them undo it. But you can actually have profiles. So if you're working on an iPad for work and for business, you can actually have a Safari profile 
that remembers your bookmarks, your web, uh, your tabs, all of that kind of stuff for business, and another one for personal. So it's just an easy way to switch that kind of stuff. I'll be interested to see if eventually you can MDM control this a little bit and say, yes, you have to have a business profile. And within that business profile, it'd be really nice if the MDM allowed the the main, uh, the support folks to be able to push out, here's all the key websites everybody in the company yep. needs to have bookmarked. Yep. That would be super cool. But anyway, you can have a Safari profile, keep your business and your work stuff separate. Yeah. So I thought those were a little geekier, so I thought I'd drop them in here. Y'all use your judgment about who you want to share those with because if it goes badly, we know you'll have to <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you will. So. And Safari profiles, that's been something people have been asking for for years, remember? And, and I never understood it. I always, uh, but then that was just my use case, right? My, my devices belonged to me. That was the only profile. But um, yeah, I guess being able to set a work profile and a, and a home profile, it, it, it'll work for some folks. So. And I guess if you're using a shared iPad, like if you've got three kids yes. that are using the same iPad and you want to have a profile for each of them, that way they all have their own bookmarks and all that kind of stuff. I mean, Chromebooks can do this today. Um, mm -hmm. This is something Apple needs to get ahead of at some point. If they really want to get into the education market, right, they need to allow, they need to allow it, but they're not yet yeah. there yet, but this is a step in the right direction. They're not there. And I think, and that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother show, but I think price is still really hurting them, you know, with these devices, right? Only the, only the, uh, you know, the, the areas, school districts in the areas that, the kids already have iPads anyway. Those schools are the only schools that can afford. I live in a small town, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to argue with you on this mm -hmm. one just a little bit. I agree that the price is potentially an issue, but I live in a super small town. Mm -hmm. So we are a middle-tier high school, and they're all iPads. Yeah, well, so... iPads in the intermediate school, iPads in the elementary school. They do have some Chromebooks, yeah. but beyond that, so every year you get a new iPad as a freshman in the mm -hmm. high school. They set it up for you. When you graduate as a senior, you keep it. They don't even bring okay. it back. They'll be outdated they by then. They just replace it. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, right, they will for four years later. But so I, I, I agree and I don't yeah. agree with you, right? I think it's just a matter of what kind of priorities people want to put on this stuff, how you're going to use them. I mean, Wyatt, his senior year, still had to use a MacBook mm -hmm. for some things because he was doing some college correspondence courses. And that particular iPad, if he had had an iPad Pro, it would have been fine. Yes. But that particular iPad was the $329 the you know, education. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, But anyway, so I understand what you're yeah. saying. Um, but I think if Apple... I think if they could make it more user-friendly, right, it lowers that barrier for somebody to be able to say, well, I can invest because I can have more than one student using this, yes. right? If I'm not in a one-to-one -one school. And that's where I think you get the problem is schools want to get to a one-to-one, -one, right, where it's one device yes. per student. But if you can't, then you, have, you can't go Apple because I can't put a profile on mm -hmm. it, right? I can't have morning class get have ipads and then afternoon class pick those up and switch the profile and be okay i think there's some feature to do it but it's kind of wonky but that's why they go to chromebooks right you just choose your user and move on yeah, yeah. So. and, and I, I took a look at those uh those school um like the mdm the management system they use for students and stuff like that and it was um not very user friendly and not very um where you can have multiple profiles and stuff on it 
And in the case like my daughter's school, she has a personal iPad, but they won't let her use her personal iPad. She has to use the school issued one. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's a whole thing. We can get into Apple and education, you know, and other, that's a whole nother show topic. But but uh, yeah, yeah. So what other uh, other changes since the uh, beta two has been released, which was uh, Tuesday, not, not Tuesday, I'm sorry, Thursday last week, right? Yeah, something like I was so out of it, it didn't really matter when it happened. But uh, here's a couple. I'll, I'll let you talk to some of the later ones. But these are the two that I picked up for iOS slash iPad OS. One of them is haptic touch options under accessibility, um, which anything. So what I what it sounds like, remember the old devices that had 3D touch that when you press, you really felt it, right? It wasn't just a haptic thing. It was a physical thing. Yeah, so from what I understand, you can actually go in and set this and it feels like 3D touch. And then changing the speed that Siri will talk to you is, is an accessibility feature. So, you know, if you're hard of hearing or mental capacity requires you to process things a little slower or any mm -hmm. of that kind of stuff, you can slow Siri down. Yeah, and maybe it's my mental capacity because I changed. <laughs> I changed the accent. I used, usually like the Australian guy because he talks... Clearly, he speaks. I know mean, they have an Australian accent, but the English sounds clearer to me, uh, and and not as fast. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, I uh, being able to adjust the, uh, uh, you know, the speed instead of having to change the accent completely, which I know a lot of people do that too, uh, just change the accent just to have something new. But you know, I actually did it to understand better, and uh, yeah, this is a good feature. Now, is that a regular accessibility feature, or is that just yeah. going to be in general? Okay. Nope. Accessibility feature. So, which is great because all the accessibility features are accessible to everyone. Right? Yeah. I use some of the ones today. So, I, now I will tell you this. Jay, I don't know how you're going to feel about this, but I've never told you this. But the Siri voice that I use mm -hmm. is the one that reminds me the most of you. Really? So, yeah. <laughs> which one is that? Uh, let's see. Let's. Yeah, see. yeah. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. We we have time. So, where are we at? <laughs> So it's English and American Voice 3. Yeah, here, I'll see if I can play it. I don't know if it'll work or not, but we'll try it. Okay. English, American Voice 3. I'll check that out. Nope. Nope, it's not going to work. Not going to work. But yeah, check out American Voice 3. See I'll what you think. Out. So. so now we got to figure out a way to the program Siri to complain at you like I do and say, Greg, make sure you get in some rest. Make sure you... <laughs> <laughs> make sure you're taking me time that's important you know you got to tune out so yep let's get let's get those siri uh, uh programmed uh responses in so well okay that's pretty cool though i like that now some of the some of so, the changes that i saw oh i'm sorry were you, were you, you no okay go ahead so one of the features that we well because you're thinking about upgrading your airpods so you're gonna you're gonna have access to this ah oh, man they were on sale last week too. Really? For 200 bucks. AirPods no, Pro 2. That. For $200 and I was just not in a state to do that and I hadn't looked at my budget in a while and yeah. You know, had a couple of weeks I had to take off and we ended up paying to stay in the campground. We weren't anyway and I yeah. I saw that flash through and I thought I got to look at that and then I just It'll come back. They'll be on sale again, but yeah, I'm it will I'm, I'm going to get up. them. I want the AirPods Pro 2. I want this adaptive audio. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah I want feature. this. So it's enabled in beta 2. So I hadn't seen any tests or anything with it. Seen anybody play with it. Of course, them making a video and just saying, oh, yeah, it sounds like <laughs> it sounds like it's working. It's no it's nowhere near tested it out yourself. But uh, for anyone that's, te that's testing the beta, this uh, the adaptive audio wasn't enabled, but now it is. So and, and again, it's probably enabled and probably still not working to the best of, of you know, its ability. But uh, it will be. So uh, changes to uh, wallpaper and screensaver options. And so now you can uh, they're, they're adding more wallpapers in. They actually added the Sonoma wallpapers in. I didn't realize that they weren't in the first beta. Neither one of us are on the beta, but um, I didn't realize that people who were testing the beta didn't have access to those wallpapers. So those are coming. Also, uh, some some ways you can toggle the screensaver. You can have the screensaver show the show the uh, the wallpaper instead of an actual screensaver. You can you know change those times whether it's going to be light or dark mode and stuff like that. So just some uh, some brief changes to uh, that's uh, uh, and and you know the the beta two not much and uh, but you know that's just those 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 are there. So uh, TV OS changes. I couldn't find the, the release notes for it. Maybe at the time I was searching, uh, Apple hadn't published the release notes, but uh, there was not much, not many changes to it. But uh, there was the um, um, oh, the center stage for the camera wasn't working in the first beta, and and now that one's that one's working for the continuity cam. So remember, it was you using your camera, uh, your your iPhone as a webcam. Center stage wasn't working, and that's the feature that zooms in on you. If you get out of your chair and you move a little bit to the left or the right, you stay in the center of the screen. You don't have to physically turn the camera to face you unless you go too far out of the frame. So, but you know, that was pretty much it. Yeah. I, here's the thing about the betas going forward, right? Unless something they announce is not already in a beta, you're not going to see new features. Yeah. You'll see changes to features, but I don't think you're going to see anything new unless they announced it and haven't put it in. Beta. Like the journal app, for example, they announced and have it put it in. But honestly, I don't think we're going to get that until a dot release of 17. I don't think we're going to yeah. get it on, on first release one. of 17. I think that'll be one of those that they release in October or November or you yeah. know something and, like and that. So We've seen that plenty in the past, right? Center stage was yeah. one that didn't come with iPad OS 16 Freeform. originally. Yep. Freeform. Yeah. I remember the uh, the photo mode uh, for the, iPad, uh, the iPhone Pro yeah. Maxis, the... Um, Yep. I forget what they call that. You know, that didn't come until yeah. two months later. So we see that a lot. Yep. So if there's something that you want day one, it's not there. You know, it'll, it'll be there later. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is, um, and this will lead into our discussion about the betas, but the beta fixed a whole bunch of stuff. And it broke a whole bunch of stuff that wasn't broken before. Yep. So <laughs> this is the crapshoot that are the developer betas. So this is why we keep telling you, don't install the betas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I keep hearing like with every video I watch, every update, every test, every, you know, I want to dig more into whatever feature. And uh, I watch a video on that feature. They always say it's surprisingly stable. It's way more stable than iOS 16 was. It's way more stable than iPad OS 16 was, you know, more stable doesn't mean stable, <laughs> right? More stable just means that, Hey, the phone is not crashing when I try to call someone. But that doesn't mean, you know, battery life is still going to be terrible. If not in this update, it will be in the next one or, you know, the one after that and stuff like that. So 
yeah, don't don't fall for the. It's more stable. It's surprisingly stable because I keep hearing it and I keep getting tempted, but I'm not going to do it either. Yeah. Well, and apparently the first beta of Vision Pro or Vision OS dropped too. So there's yep, already I saw been that Friday. Yeah, there's been people saying, "Oh, it's super easy to get my app up and running," and you know a bunch of that kind of stuff. So we can follow up on that maybe in the post show segments at another time, but. Um, mm-hmm it's not running on hardware. It's just running in the emulator on in Xcode yeah. on a Mac, right? But still, cool. That means it's a real thing. It's not some figment of their imagination. They've actually delivered the platform and developers can go in right now and start developing for it and testing against it in an emulator. So yeah, now all we need is the hardware, which will be next year. So Yeah, yeah. And we have plenty of time. And and anyone that's developing for it and... and Again, I went on that whole rant about people complaining about the price. Um, the people that are developing for it, those are the ones that, that, you know, they need it the most right now. They need it as early as possible, right? They don't want to wait till January to get their hands and start trying to rush their apps and stuff out. So, uh, again, not for everyone, but the people who need it, they have their hands on it right now. So we'll talk about it more, though, in the future. So here's this is why I threw this topic in here. And you tell me if you agree with this or not, but I think at some point in order to keep up the mission of our podcast, which is to tell folks how to use their devices and then also seeing how long it's taking us basically three episodes to cover the, you know, three, all of the operating systems, right? So we did iOS and then we did iPadOS and watchOS and then we've done macOS and tvOS today. I'm starting to look at this and thinking, okay, if we want to have everything ready to go for when this drops in September, basically when the new iPhone comes out, because that's when the everything will drop, except for a Sonoma. Sonoma will probably okay into like October, but everything else is generally going to drop in that September time frame. So I'm thinking we really can't wait until you know August 30th to decide to install the betas. Put aside the, I want it, and I want it now. Put that aside for a second, right? Because I actually had this thought, and I told you about this. I said, can you imagine if I resist the urge to install any of the betas on my iPhone, and I get the 15 Pro Max and the brand new version of iOS all at the same time? All on new hardware, yep. Right, I'm on a three-year-old device. It's gonna be cool to get the new version. But I thought, oh man, maybe that's something that I wanna do. I don't know whether I'll be able to resist that long, number one, but um, I also think if we wanna prep for the podcast, that September range of podcasts, we're gonna have to have these betas installed sometime in August. So here's my question to you. Do you agree with that, first of all? I guess that's my first. No, no, I, I definitely do. And I think in the past too, around mid-August was when you and I would install those public betas on devices that we had that weren't, you know, as, as uh, uh, you know, as crucial, you know, that, that we needed. Well, you know, our, our, our recreational devices, around mid-August is when it starts getting more stable. You know, quote, I'm throwing up quotation marks, more stable. That kind of answers the second question. When are we thinking? So we're thinking we're probably going to install these devices sometime in August or install these OSs sometime in August. Then the question becomes which devices. So I just, by then I'll hopefully have cleaned up my mom's phone and have less of a need for that. And I'll have that, the older iPad won't run it, unfortunately. So at that point I'll have my mom's 
iPhone, my iPhone, my iPad mini, and my Mac, and my Apple Watch. So I've got five different devices there. So the question becomes when and on what device. So I'll say what I think I'm thinking I'm going to do, and then you can tell me what you think you're going to do. And listeners, this is up to you, right? Totally up to you. But our recommendation is not to go too nuts on this kind of stuff. So if I can stabilize my mom's phone, that's probably the first place that I'll put a beta is on that phone, okay. right? And Okay, so you're going to do iOS beta. Yeah, I would. The public beta, not the developer. No, I'm waiting for the public stuff. Now, we actually don't know if they're going to be called public betas because they stopped calling the current betas developer betas. They're just called beta 2. Yeah. And they may come out and change that and say, now this is just going to be called the beta 4, right? Whatever. So it's somewhere around yeah. beta 8-ish, right, that they start to... Yeah, I, I want to know when they've the battery life has gone back to normal because at that point mm -hmm. that's when the way they've taken all the crud out from behind the device that's tracking every little minuscule thing right to try and figure out where the bugs are. Yeah, syncing and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, that's when I go okay, it's probably okay to do that. So, but we'll see if I've got that secondary device that I'm not relying on for calls or anything, then I may go in a little earlier on iOS. Um, yep. my next one would probably be iPad OS on my mini. So shortly after that, mm -hmm. and then right toward more towards the end, probably the last one I'll put on is my watch. And I'm probably not going to put on the Mac OS betas until I absolutely have to, because that's my work device, right? I yes. mean, that's. That's where I'm at. So I yeah. think that's the sequence that I'm going to go. Phone, iPad, watch. The only reason I'm waiting on the watch, the watch is the one I'm still the most excited about. But the reason I'm waiting on the watch is because if I screw it up, I have to go to an Apple store to get it to go back yes. to a non-beta. So I yeah. want nothing to do with that. So, so and, and that's, kind of, that's kind of the issue I'm running into. So a little bit different order for me. As soon as, and I'm not, again, I'm not falling for the more stable, more stable, and oh, it's surprisingly stable for 16, but um, as soon as I feel comfortable with it, I'm going iPad OS <laughs> as, as soon as, iPad OS 17, as soon as I can, right? Because my, my iPad is recreational. I use it for some business stuff too, but all of it is in my iCloud drive and things like that. So I'll still have access to, I'm thinking my, my phone uh, is probably going to be a no-go until the general release. Right. I do have a 10S that's, uh, I'm sorry, a 10R. Uh, it's my son's old phone, busted uh, camera lens on the front. Um, it's, it is getting 17, iOS 17. I probably installed it on that, you know, uh, around the time when you install yours. Yeah. So I'll go with that. So, but this is my problem. I want watchOS, watchOS. <laughs> I want that right yeah. now. Right. I don't, I don't want to wait. Um, I'm going to wait. I'm going to be patient. So still the same time frame around mid-August and stuff, but how do I get my watch updated and not my phone? So I may be forced to just hold out on watchOS. Oh, you can't. You, know. you can't. So you would yeah. have to actually pair your phone to whatever device is running iOS 17. Yeah, yeah. So it's gonna, that's probably going to force me because oh, my man. phone is going to be a no-go until the general release. I'm going to have that same problem. All yeah. right, so y'all that are... Well, but you, weren't, you were going to hold out, yeah, too, though, but on watch I was going to get close. 
Well, I was going to wait till general release for my for my phone, right? I, I was yeah. going to do that one in August at some point too. But all right, so we'll have to think about this and continue to revisit this. So if you're listening to us, we just told you kind of what we're thinking. All subject to change. So yeah, it, it is. It is. See, here's the thing though, Jason. You know how to restore your phone if you need to. Mm-hmm. And you live, what, 30 minutes from an Apple store where you can? Oh, oh, 30 minutes is pushing it. I'm, I'm, I'm not walking distance, but if I jump on, on the bike or, or, or in the car, I'm there in 10 minutes. See, yeah. I'm an hour and change driving on the freeway to get to an Apple store. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so I think if I was back in Houston, because I used to be in northern Houston, right, and was 15, 20 minutes away yeah. from an Apple store too, I'd be like, okay. August 1st, watch and phone. Here we actually, yeah, yeah I would. Yeah. That's what I'd be doing. So, yeah, yeah. Anyway. And, you know, it's, it's funny because, you know, I always bring this up when I hear Greg complain about how far the Apple store is. That was his daily commute when he was here in Houston. An hour and a half, he could do that easily. Yeah, but that's also why now I he moved. He complains about it. That's why I moved, Jason. <laughs> that was one of the right? biggest yeah, reasons to move, was I was done with that commute. So. I'm I'm never gonna let you live that down, and now I have to add to that this 9:30 bedtime that you have. So, yeah, yeah, we we need to <laughs> we need to toughen you up some more, Greg. I need you to just go and sit in a, in your truck for an hour and a half every day, just to just to remember those good old days being here in Houston. I can go <laughs> I can go a whole week with my truck not leaving the garage. Yeah. So. Yeah. I know you, you're working from home. You have everything you need right there. You can bike to the store or something if you need yep. it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I have one more thing on the list here. So uh, okay. I'm guessing you're going to tell me you haven't started watching the new season of Strange New World yet, have you? No, because I want to binge <sighs> everything. And, you know, remember I told you, like, like, The Legend of Zelda, like, I hadn't even had time for that lately. And every free moment I have, I just want to grab that controller and just get to that next mission or that next adventure or whatever. So I've been putting off Strange New Worlds and Picard. Remember, I hadn't even started Picard yet. So I still, I still avoid spoilers when I see the screen. Like some of the guys I follow, I see the thumbnail or something, I'll quickly skip past it. I don't want any spoilers, any episode analysis. So no Strange New Worlds, no, no Picard yet. Well, I'll tell you, I didn't watch all of the episodes of Strange Picard or of Picard. Wow, I'm mixing them both up. That would be interesting. But uh, <laughs> I, I did watch the beginning and the end of the season. It's about all I could do because it's just it was just too much at the time. But I will tell you, Strange in the World has not disappointed. We got through the first two episodes. Yes. And it's not very often. I mean, I can get Karen to watch sci-fi stuff with me, but I think she does it just because she tolerates it. But it seems like she's yeah. actually enjoying this one. So I don't think you're gonna. Be disappointed. Really? Okay, good. But I don't think uh, you won't be disappointed. I I've enjoyed it so far, and um, you know, I mean, they have to continue on part of the story from last season, and it appears they're going to continue on a mm-hmm. lot more of it too. So I'm super excited about uh, the direction that it's going. So I'm excited. I'm, yeah. I'll keep watching every week for you. So season one was. I remember I told you this was as Star Trek as Star Trek can yeah. get. This was it. It feels, it it feels just like all of the shows together, you know. And I know I know people had, uh, you know, their their feelings about Discovery. This is everything that Discovery was and everything it wasn't, 
You yeah. know what I mean? It was it 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 improved on a lot of things from that from that show from that series. And I you know I love the series, but man, this was everything that that show was missing. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm hoping for a few more seasons. I need to try it. I I couldn't get through all of the first season of Discovery. It just had some storyline that's just not. I mean, you know me, so yeah. I'm sure you're not surprised that I didn't enjoy part of that storyline, but. Yeah, um, yeah, and I can see why too. Yeah. yeah, so I need to try and go into the second one, but I, I really am enjoying Strange New Worlds, and uh, you know, we'll see. Maybe I'll uh, do some uh, Discovery season two stuff in uh, while I'm up camping. So, yeah, yeah, because the show for Discovery for all of its flaws, I would say those first three seasons were really good. You know, it, it started to it started to tank after that when it when it jumped the space shark <laughs> to 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 uh, give a pun. But uh, yeah, it uh, those those first at least the first two and definitely the, the third one, they were they were really good. And then finally, one wrap up thing. I did go activate my hotspot. I just. OK, I decided I couldn't do another. I've got two more trips. I've got this one and then a 10 day trip in August, at least, if not more. And I just decided tethering. I just couldn't tether the way I wanted to. So. Okay, so you actually get an external device. Yeah, I had an external hotspot. I still had yeah. my hotspot from. It's a 4G okay. LTE one, so we'll see. I'll I'll kind of keep you posted. I know we talked about that a little bit on another episode. So I've only got 15 mm-hmm. gigs activated on it, and then it's supposed to drop to the slower speeds. So I'm going to see if I have to go up to the 50 gigs, just because I want to work while I'm up there and be able to watch shows if I want and not have to have everything downloaded if I get a craving for a particular show or something and to be able to have yeah. five devices connected or more but also remember I have to keep it yeah. in certain spots in my trailer and I just didn't want to keep my phone you know tied up like that sitting up on a windowsill and not or be on able the to windowsill yeah. yeah yeah the sun may overheat it or something like that so. yeah yeah. So we'll see. So so good move. Uh, I, I figured you would get a newer one, though, a newer, faster one. 300 but, bucks. But you hadn't had any trouble with that you one. You know, $300, yeah. and at least where I am, 5G and 5G Ultra Wideband, they just don't seem to be all they were cracked up to be. So they're supposed to be 10x 4G yeah. LTE. And if I can't tell the difference, who cares, right? If I have to buffer for 10 yeah. seconds. But it was like $300 to get a new device. But what I want really is when I'm going to be in my RV full time again, then I want to go to like T-Mobile home or, you know, something like that. So I didn't want to invest. I already had the hotspot, you know, 35 bucks to activate it, which is a rip off for them to press a few buttons. (laughs) And then, you know, 15 or 40 bucks a month, depending on how much you had it before. Basically reactivating it. Yeah. A reactivation fee. Yeah. That does kind of suck, but, but I'll keep you posted. So there we go. Yeah, yeah, that was that was all this week, folks, and and it was a shorter one, um, but hey, you know, not much to it. Short and sweet. We got all the information out that we needed, hit all the points. Yep. I think we're good. Let us know if you want us to cover anything else. Go to that feedback URL. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening, and uh, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Have a happy Fourth of July. <laughs>